Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for joining us around the writer's table. I'm Kim Boo, and I'm back with my co-host, Melody Scout and Gina Hogan-Edwards. And we're going to be talking about the season of winter for writers. Now, this is part two. Our last episode, episode 14, was actually part one. We talked about fear, intuition, how to recognize a balanced season for writing. Again, this is all based on Melody's book. And so there's a lot more to it than that. I recommend you go back and listen to that episode. But for now, we're going to continue on with this topic. I'm going to do a few introductions and then get right to it. I am, of course, Kimbu York. I am a romance novelist and former project manager, now work as a productivity coach, helping both authors and women solopreneurs find time, mojo, and motivation to create whatever it is they're going to create. So that's the expertise I bring with us. With me today is Melody, a scout. I've been talking about that. And good morning, Melody. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Kimbu. Hi, I'm Melody, a scout, and I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through plant spirit medicine and my book, Soul of the Seasons. Thanks so much. And of course, always, we have Gina back with us again. We had some connectivity troubles earlier, but look, I can actually see your face and hear your voice. Gina, good morning. Good morning. Here I am. Here I am. (laughs) Hi, listeners. It's great to be here today. I'm Gina, and I am passionate about creating emotionally and psychologically safe spaces for women to reclaim their voices, uh, writing retreats, women's circles, things like that, so that we can learn to stand in our truth. One thing I I don't think we mentioned enough on this podcast is all three of us have our businesses doing these things. You can find us on the aroundtheridertstable.com website. There are links to all of our sites. So if you've been curious about what any one of us does, you can go there and check us out. In addition to writing. (laughs) In addition to writing, right? Everything we do also writing, <laughs> uh, and, which is kind of getting into our theme today of, you know, as we talked about on our last podcast, Melody, um, we were talking about how the season of winter is a season of rest and how in our overproductive lives, you know, the productivity always be doing, doing, doing rest can be really important. So I guess this is a really good time for you to give us a little bit of overview, maybe recap what we talked about last time and move on into what we're going to talk about this episode, which is, you know, some of the imbalances and what to look for, right? Yeah. We talked in last episode about winter being the season of creation, conservation, and contemplation. It's where we go to rest, to sleep. There is a season of death. And a lot goes on beneath the surface. It's also about the mystery and the unknown, the creative unconscious. 
We also talked about why this season is so essential to the writing process, because it allows our minds and our stories to regenerate, rejuvenate. Yes, so um, we reviewed uh, about this season where our seeds of new story ideas or new ways to tell our old stories, uh, they begin to to sprout. It's a season where we can sleep on it and where we let the old die away to give room for the new. And I think one of the things we touched on last episode um, about balanced, right? So what does a balanced season look like for that? But this time we're going a little bit deeper. We're going at what does the imbalances look like? And how do we recognize those imbalances and going from there and getting into the continuum of terror who regular <laughs> listeners will hear, heard us joking about that last time. So we'll get into that a little bit much, but Gina, I think you've got a list of um, imbalances. Is that where we're going to start? Sure. I think, I think first though, I'm going to just touch on a couple of the balance so that if for some reason, a listener missed the last episode, you'll have a little bit mm-hmm. of context here, but I do encourage you to idea. go back Listen to our previous episode where we talk more about the balanced side of the season of winter. But just to give you an idea of what balanced winter looks like, that's when we sort of go within and we we conserve our resources and um, we have a sort of self-sufficiency during the, the balanced season of winter. Also, we're able to offer reassurance to, to other people as well as to ourselves. Mm. We have a, a right use of willpower, and we are at peace with the death process, which uh, Kimbu had touched on this last episode, that death does not, the death process does not necessarily have to do with a, a human being dying. It could be the end of our writing project. It could be finishing off a book, and you know we go through a, a grieving process and, and having to take a rest after all of that uh, productivity, um, being able to do that in a, in a a helpful way in the balanced season of winter. So what does imbalanced look like? When we are imbalanced, we tend to be hyper alert. Um, We might sense danger at every turn. And I know for me, this shows up as a sort of uh, a vibration in my body, if you will. So it can result in an adrenaline exhaustion. Um, We might be... Yeah, yeah. We might be over over focused on ourselves, and so it, that could even exhibit in in terms of like hypochondria, physical symptoms that that may not really be there. We also tend to be hypercritical when we're in an imbalanced winter phase. Uh, yeah, sometimes... I'm sure I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> One of the imbalances that really speaks to me too is immobilization. And sometimes that is that for me comes out of a fear, just being sort of in a frozen state, if you will, and not being able to act on anything. Um, on the opposite end of that, in, an imbalance could also be an absolute fearlessness where you are sort of an adventure seeking junkie and you take all kinds of crazy, imbalanced, uh, out of proportion risks, also being pessimistic or maybe absent-minded or fuzzy thinking. So all of those are just some highlights of the imbalances. I know that we will have some handouts for you on our website, aroundthewriterstable.com, 
where you can go and download the summary of this season, along with a more extensive list of the balances and the imbalances of this season. I'd like to jump in, and Melody, I'm going to put you on the hot seat because it's really interesting to me, Gina, that you know one of the recognition that you have of fear is inactivity, of being frozen, the deer in the headlight type of scenario. While the healthy version, I guess, of that is rest, right? So if you're in that, how how do you how do I know I'm resting and not just not moving? <laughs> not going unconscious. <laughs> Just staring at the wall in terror and fear, the continuum of terror. We finally made it. But uh, yeah, that's a real interesting question for me because I'm not sure I really know when I'm, what the difference is, to be honest. So um, a balanced uh, rest is a one that is rejuvenating, giving us downtime. We don't become detached Mm. from ourselves or our loved ones or our work we don't isolate I think Mm -hmm. that detachment that's a key word for me because I do in retrospect when I have had times where I've been immobilized uh, unable to to act oftentimes I, I do have this sort of you know the fuzzy thinking and the detachment from everything that's going on around me it's sort of this um, almost a lonesomeness in a way that feels very uncomfortable. Mm. Mm-hmm. A feeling Enforced of being isolation. Alone. Yeah. 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 Right. Yep. Because, and that is that uh, I, isolating factor. Um, and, and again, there is the continuum. Sometimes we do need to detach from others and, it may be the very thing we need to do is do some self-imposed isolation. Often that comes when we've let the pendulum swing too far and we have gone so far past what is balanced for us that we react by pulling way back. I do that. I get overloaded too much. My brain can't hold it off. And so I detach I binge on Netflix. I, you know, whatever, you know, something to take my brain offline. And when I pay more attention to my body, I learn the signs earlier along, then I take that time, the downtime earlier and don't wait till I'm stressed or, you know, completely overloaded. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So we've joked about this uh, continuum of terror, <laughs> but actually dun, dun, where, that, <laughs> where that comes from is um, Melody talks in her book about this sort of continuum of the factor of fear. So all the way from sheer terror to absolute fearlessness Um, And how there is a continuum between those two things. And so fearlessness is not really something that I consider to be one of the characteristics that I have engaged in. So I'm just curious from you all on that continuum, 
um, you know, the, the fear and the terror and the things from probably that midpoint all the way to terror, I'm familiar with. I get those. But from your experience, have you all experienced anything on the other end of that continuum with the fearlessness and the risk taking and that kind of thing? Oh, I can I can speak for that one, definitely. And this one actually comes from, well, I guess it comes from two places. So the fear when I was first being published, this was back in 2011, a glacial air epoch ago, apparently, in the way that we tell time these days. But my career at that time, I was in my graduate program and my career as a writer was just getting started in a particular niche genre. And so I was really worried about putting out another book quickly, right? The fearlessness was just write it and put it out there. Now, my publisher at the time was pretty supportive. They had editors that I worked with, uh, but uh, unfortunately they weren't editors I trusted completely. And yet I put my trust in them anyway. fearless, right? So this is the extreme. This is when it's not mm. a good idea. I had intuition and instincts telling me that I was right but I asked them, I'm like, is this, is the ending rushed? Does this feel rushed to you? Does it feel like the story ended too soon? Does it need more, better resolution to the conflict? And they said, no, no, it's fine. Cause they wanted to rush it into publication too. And that's what happened. And I rightfully, so rightfully, I mean, if anybody left good, anybody listening, to this is one of those people who left a review for that or first edition of that book absolutely reamed me for the rushed ending because it was rushed and my fearlessness, my like, I've got this, I'm a professional writer. I'm just going to, you know, bully my way through and get this book published. It was a total mistake. <laughs> and that, that, that was me flying too close to the sun and hoping that the wings wouldn't melt. And I just ended up getting dashed on the rocks. Anyway, the, the, the happy part of that story was knowing that that's what happened. I pulled the rights back from the publisher. I rewrote it. It's now, twice as long as three times as long. Uh, it went from novella length to full-size novel, about 120,000 words. And it's a much better book. People like it a lot better now that I've done the second edition. But yeah, I was just flying too high and too fast. And it the book suffered. My career suffered. It was bad, bad. Not trusting my instincts. Not, not following my intuition. Such mm -hmm. a bad idea, y'all. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely on the fearless end of the continuum and certainly on the uh, list of imbalances in the winter season mm -hmm. because impulsive actions is, is one, of oh, the, yeah. one of the signs yeah. of imbalance season. I was super imbalanced, y'all. I was falling down on my well, tuchus. I, you know, I, you bring up a really great point, Kimbu, in that those little nudges we get, or even some outright pauses, um, hard pauses are there for a reason. It may not be the first reason that springs to mind, but they're there for a reason and they're important to take, pay attention to. You know, we applaud fearlessness in our culture. However, if you talk to any experienced, good person, uh, a sports person, that does extreme sports. That's what I'm trying to get out. They will tell you that they are not fearless. That at each step of the way, they assess where they're at, where they're going. Oh, is it possible? What are my limitations right now? What are 
You know, what are my boundaries right now? At each step of the way, they said, I would never want to be fearless. You're in danger if you ask, you know, if you act out of fearlessness. And fear can keep us not hyper alert, but alert to possible dangers. And then we can take action or seek out somebody who has been there before us and get advisement. And also, you know, talking about, you know, our continuum of terror, if we get overwhelmed by our fears, and we need somebody to talk us off the ledge, as often happens from my experience, it's always great. Reassurance is a great way to calm fears, both in yourself Mm -hmm. and from the people that you trust and love. You call that person, you know, that's going to calm you down. It's like, it's going to be fine. You're going to get through this. We'll work, you'll find a way out. And that really helps to keep our fears in check. So fear, as we talked about in the last episode, uh, each one of the seasons that are fully described in Melody's book, each one of the seasons is associated with a core emotion. So for winter, it is fear and is also associated with an element. Uh, So Melody, can you touch a little bit on the element of water? And I would specifically, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but can you sort of tell us how the element of water relates to or somehow feeds into the writing practice? Sure. So the element of water is about cooling, calming, conserving. It it helps, uh, we, we talked about this in an episode, previous episode, go back to episode six on the, on the uh, season of summer, how water helps balance out the fire of summer, which is a high productivity. Things are moving fast. Things are going, um, water helps keep fire in check and water helps us in that risk assessment department, risk assessment, that's it, department, and by getting us to slow down, take a moment, cool off a bit. And in the creativity cycle, the balance between fire and water is really essential. We don't want to tear out ahead, you know, taking unnecessary risks, but we also need to watch our water balance. So too much water puts a fire out, right? And how many of us, I will say I own up to this, is when I get some exciting idea or perhaps a daring new idea, way of doing thing, a new storyline, and I throw water on it because it's a little scary. It's going to involve a risk. And I throw too much water and I put the fire out. I'm like, no, that won't, it won't, won't work out. I don't know if anybody here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me show you, let me show you the story's graveyard. I've got, it's, it's deep. <laughs> mm. You know, I'm, I'm actually, oh, I think I'm going through this a little bit right now because Kimbu mentioned earlier that she's going to be serializing a novel on this new platform. And she and I have had a conversation about this new platform that's coming out and what the possibilities are. And 
you know, I don't write in the same genre that she does and the genre that I write in, which is primarily historical fiction, the, the world of serialization that is out there right now, there are not very many historical fiction writers who are utilizing it. And that frightens me because we'll, we'll get into this a lot more in a future, in a future episode, I'm sure, but this way of doing things, this way of authors approaching their writing and, you know, doing serialization uh, for historical fiction, not seeing evidence out there that it works in the genre that I write in is scary to me. And so even though the concept of this new platform and being able to do this new thing was very exciting to me in the beginning, I realized that in the last day or two that I've thrown water on the idea Mm -hmm. because of my fears. What do you, what's scary about it for you, Gina? That there's no evidence out there that it's working for others that what if I did do it and it flopped? What if I did do it and it and it worked? And then all of a sudden I have these unknowns because no one else has done this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that are wrapped up into that fear. And I mean, that's valid. Uh, I, I had similar fears when Kindle, um, Kindle first hit the scene, which is 2009. Mm-hmm. And right before my professional writing career in genre fiction started. And, you know, there were a lot of people who were like, well, no, that's just for, you know, erotica or something. You know, digital books won't last long. Digital books won't won't matter at all. And I, I put water, I, you know, threw water on the whole thing of pursuing that particular venue. And, of course, now here we are, 2023, and digital books are, you know books it's it's Mm -hmm. like that's the publishing industry it's a major part of the publishing yeah it's very mainstream it's like everybody does it digital books and audiobooks which hit closer to 2011 2012 when audible came on the scene so it's it's a valid fear and i get that and i think that's an important aspect of you know risk assessment but also you know yeah throwing water on it how are you gonna know if you don't try Mm mm-hmm well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm familiar with this uh, form of of thinking that I'm good on throwing heavy water on ideas, creative ideas that pop all the time in my head. And what I recognize what was underneath of those was a core belief I wouldn't be able to manage that mm-hmm. a I might be humiliated in some way by putting myself out there and it not working or B it would work. And I just wouldn't manage of all the, that that involves is to be super successful at something. So being aware of that in myself allows me to take a step back and is, is this risk worth it for me? And what do I need to move forward in a way that feels right and balanced for me? Healthy risk assessment. Healthy, Healthy risk. risk assessment. Yeah. Absolutely. Not like the risk assessment department stepping in. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the answer is that's a great idea, just not now. Mm-hmm. 
So we've talked a lot. I think we got <laughs> we got really wrapped up in that continuum of terror because it, it speaks to us so loudly sometimes. Um, and we've talked a little bit about this concept of fire and water. Um, and I want to take us back to the topic that started out our conversation in the last episode, which is this idea of, of rest. Um, so, you know, rest being so important in terms of it looking on the outside like nothing is happening, but that things are definitely going on in our subconscious. And, you know, sometimes even though we may not notice it, our subconscious is making connections between things that on the outside may not look like they have connections. And that's where our imagination comes in. And so there's a lot going on when we allow ourselves to rest, but how in our society, in our culture, that sometimes resting looks like lazy. Ugh, yeah, you were stuck. I hate that, but you're right. Yeah. So yeah. sleep is for sissies, right? Right. <laughs> I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? Uh, <laughs> I think there's a fear sometimes that we're going to miss out on something if mm. we take a break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. FOMO something. is real. FOMO is real. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going to happen and we'll miss our opportunity or we'll miss out on some fun or something. Yeah, I think that, you know, the the idea of um of FOMO is definitely a big one for me and that keeps me churning a lot of times. Um and then also mm. just of course our our enculturization to always be uh productive. Um and and I'm just I'm painfully aware of what that can look like uh from the outside when I do give myself that permission. Like right now I am craving the opportunity to just go off and be by myself for a few days. Um, you know, I'm feeling the, the, the churn. I'm feeling the need to, to give myself some rest. And yet, what is holding me back? The idea that the perception is going to be that I'm a slacker. Mm. Who is this they that's going to think you're a slacker? Oh, it's all the bays <laughs> in my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's all of oh. them. Like we're all pointing to our own heads, right? <laughs> the, co yeah. the committee. <laughs> yeah. The committee. I, I was going to kind of bring up a little bit too. I think for me, uh, that really resonates, especially with the they in their heads, where uh, I was raised in a household with severe mental illness. My mother suffered from bipolar disorder, among many other conditions that she had, and it really affected her life. And I remember growing up, uh, she was very creative. If I'm a writer today, it's because of her. I mean, she loved the written word. She really should have been a literature professor at a at an Ivy League school. She's brilliant. Um, but her mental health her mental health issues prevented that from happening. And I just remember being a kid and watching her go through all of that and and the depression cycles and then the manic cycles and then all her health issues accompanied it. And people basically going, even my own father, just like, well, why don't you just skip get up out of bed and do something? Why don't you just, you know, the whole idea of any form of rest being a personal moral failure really embedded itself deep into my psyche. And I hate it. I hate it because it's not true. I saw firsthand as a kid how not true that was, how she would have given anything, anything to be able to get out of bed and do something. And mm. it's such a charged issue in our society. I'm not derailing us off of writing a little bit here, but I think it does affect me when I think of, oh, I didn't write a thousand words today. Well, I'm a failure. 
And that's just, that's so untrue. But the voices in your head, man, they are, they are strict disciplinarians and I hate Mm -hmm. it. Well, and I think that when we do bring this back to writing and creativity, the thing that we have to remind ourselves is what Melody says in her book is that without rest, there's no rebirth, there's no renewal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we as writers do not give ourselves permission to have these down times, if you want to call them that, um, then our creativity can go fallow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. Yep, so, so we true. have, ladies, do you realize that with this episode, we have now covered all five seasons that Melody talks about in her book? Woohoo! So. A year, a year we've been at this, ladies. Yes, we have. So for our next episode, we're going to do a recap of spring as we have looped back around. And then that will take us into a discussion of something that we started back in episode 12 about the three C's, critiquing, compassion, and craft. And we'll be talking about editing in episode 17. So 16, we'll do a recap of spring and then 17 we'll dive into editing and so i think that closes us out for today ladies oh always great to talk with you guys always wonderful i love i love our little around the writers table chats they're great me too and well we're going to have links on the website i there's a whole list of blogs i have written on the season of uh winter and rest oh, and great, creativity. Yeah. So we're going to put that link on there. We're going to put some right. exercises and some of this material that we've gone over in the last two episodes. So be sure and go to aroundthewriterstable.com. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. If you're listening to this on a uh, one of your podcasting platforms, give us a thumbs up or a heart or whatever you're you're drawn to to share with us and. We will see you on our next episode. Have a great day. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheridertstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheridertstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.